chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. This morning I want to talk to you about wisdom is valuable. Um, but before we get um, started, I, one of the things I was thinking about uh, this week is this time of the year, I don't know about you, but it seems like life is really crazy. Uh, school's about getting ready to, to finish, and so I kind of thought I'd put this out. I'm stressed out right now, just had just turn around and leave quietly and no one gets hurt. Um, and I think if th- this time of the year, if you talk to families, everybody's running in a thousand different directions, uh, which is, you know, part of the season of the year, and it's the end of school year, and some people can't wait for school to be over, and a lot of the kids, I'm sure, are the same. But I just want to pause this morning as we uh, begin our time together and, and just ask you, is there something inside of your heart this morning that said, okay, Lord, I want to hear your voice today? I know that all of you have a lot on your plates. Um, I know a lot of you have a lot of things, quote-unquote, that we can worry or be concerned about. Uh, we're in church, so we don't worry. We're more concerned about those things. But as we gather as a family, one of my heart's desires for you is that you would say, okay, Lord, I want to hear you. That this time together that we gather on a Sunday morning is not the only time that you gather around the Word of God. That this would just be kind of a, an, an exclamation point or a joy for you to be here or the Word of God is a priority to you during the week and not just one hour out of the hours of the week. Not just the time where you say, okay, look, I want to hear the preacher come talk and then I'll go and live my life tomorrow or this afternoon, however I want to. But, you know, I went to church. I did what I was supposed to do, which I think there's a lot of people that go to church because they're supposed to. And they're pretty good at singing the songs because that's what they do. But they never said, Lord, my heart's open to you today. I'm pausing this morning and say, okay, God, here's my heart. I want to hear from you today. I want your words through the Word of God to come into my mind. But I don't want it just to stay there. I want it to filter down into who I am as a person, to quote-unquote what we call our heart, but really it's the part of the, your life that you say, okay, no longer am I in charge and I'm going to not follow what I want to follow and I'm going to say, okay, I surrender and I give you authority in my life. So I want to pray for you this morning before we get started. Father, I don't know what situations people face this morning. I don't know what their week has been like. I don't know how much time they've spent with you. What I know, Father, is that we are here which is a good thing. Thank you for allowing us to gather with our family members, brothers and sisters. Father, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would open their heart this morning. That's something that I cannot do. Father, you would open up wide enough to where we would actually allow your word inside of it. Not only will we just hear you this morning, they would say, wow, maybe I need to make a change in my life. Holy Spirit, would you help me? Wow, I never thought about it from that perspective. 
So God, unless you do something special today, we just gather as a family and walk out as a family. But I pray this morning that we wouldn't just walk in and walk out unchanged. That because we saw your word, our hearts are motivated to change because of our love for you. And that we would not allow the circumstances of our life to dictate the way we live. Your name I pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2, as we get um, started there, and um, you're going to get a chance to see uh, in the beginning of, of Proverbs chapter 2, uh, eight, eight phrases, eight um, verbs. And so I, I um, have stuff in two different Bibles this morning, so I forgot to bring my other Bible up here with me. But you're going to get to see eight verbs, eight things as you begin uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 2 that are, that are kind of interesting, kind of, kind of just start off. And now I know that since I said uh, verbs and I said eight, some of you are concerned. Don't pass out. We will get out on time. Um, but I want you to see these, th- these little phrases um, as we get started this morning. You start in, uh, in the chapter 2 and verse 1, and before we... Well, just I'll read that verse one. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands, commandments with you, treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then will you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. We start this morning with that little two-letter word. Maybe that's really what kind of got my heart just thinking about. It's the if word. And so as as we enter into this morning and we talk about wisdom, and we know that it's valuable, there's still the if part. And there's nothing that, as a pastor or as a friend, that I can do with the word if. It's really you now. Yeah, you gathered and you sang the songs. You're reminded that the air that we breathe is from Him this morning. He gave you air this morning. Will you let your guard down and open up your heart to Him this morning? You've been reminded that you're a good, good father. And it's been kind of fun, you know, having my mom around for these you know, weeks in a row and just, you know, reminiscing about things that dad would do or dad would say or reminiscing about dad playing softball. Just fun things that we've reminisced about these last couple of weeks. But you've been reminded this morning that God is a good father. So is there a hunger for you to learn from your father this morning? Because you've said he's a good father. And as we gathered this morning and prayed, we talked just a little bit about, you know, there's times that as dads you want to get your kids' attention. And there's certain things that you think you could do to get their attention. But the good father sitting up in heaven saying, you know what, that's not really going to get their attention because you don't really know their hearts, but I do. And so I will allow this into their lives. Have you paused this week and reminded yourself how good your father is? Heavenly Father? 
in all of his ways? Not just the ones that make you feel good. Not the ones, just the ways that padded your pocketbook and you had more money in your checking account. Or Remind that he is a good father. So if, if you step back this morning, and if, if you humble yourself, and if you open up your Bible and say, okay, I want to hear you speak. There's eight verbs that he wants you to see. The first phrase that, that jumped out to me is, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, with you. Will you receive his words this morning? Will you allow the Word of God as we go through this passage of Scripture that I'm going to take you on to another passage of Scripture that you'll see an individual that wisdom came out of their lives. And you're going to see this individual probably 30 years past and you'll get a chance to see spiritual growth and spiritual maturity even though there were bumps and bruises, even though there were mistakes, even though there was embarrassment, even though there was frustration, you'll get a chance to read some words this morning. But that individual was willing to receive the word of the Lord. Are you? The other part that's really interesting, making your ear attentive to wisdom. And and this kind of goes together. And inclining your heart to understanding. Have you ever been in a conversation with your spouse and they said, are you listening? And then you repeat back what they said, but you really weren't listening. Because you weren't looking in, you were not looking them in the eye. You were watching whatever you were watching. And so, yes, you were there, but you were not present. Okay? And we've all done that. But here's something that's interesting as you think about wisdom this morning, as, as the writer of Proverbs writes to you. Make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. Will you allow what you hear to get into your Well, we say, you know what, I know this, but I don't live what I know. Now, that's interesting. We could probably have a lot of Bible conversations, go around the room, which would be fun. But then what we really need to do is go find one of your friends and say, okay, look, can you tell me how they live their lives? Because I know what they know, but I want to know if what they know is actually demonstrated in their lifestyle, not just what they know. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. And you can sit in here for hours and get head knowledge. And I call that, those people are sit, soak, and sour. Just squeeze them and you'll know how much head knowledge they have, but it hasn't made it to their heart because they stink when you squeeze them. Because all that other stuff comes out of them. There's another one. Look at verse 3. If you call out for insight, and raise your voice for understanding. If you ask. If you stop and say, okay, God, I need to ask for some wisdom. How many of you asked for help this week? Oh, that's higher than what I thought it was would be. Maybe I need to rephrase that. How many of you asked for help other than Jesus to be your help? 
that would be another, don't raise your hand. Because I've, I've asked the Lord for a lot of help this week, but I haven't asked a lot of people for help. How many of you went to the Lord and said, Lord, I, I, I don't know what you want right here. I need some wisdom. It's if there. Because the temptation is, for most of us, when most of us men, if we buy something new and we get instructions, do we ever read the instructions how to put it together? What fun is there in that? Yeah. After it's done and you've got pieces left over, maybe I need to go back and figure out. So will you ask for help? If you call out for wisdom, or if you raise your voice for understanding, what's interesting is I think about raise your voice for understanding. When was the last time you went and sat down and had a conversation with someone and said, you know what, what, did you, what do you really mean here? I kind of really want to know what you're thinking. So it's almost like you, the song, the this writer of Proverbs said, okay, do you have a heart to learn? Are you teachable? Are you willing to go and say, hey, I don't understand what you meant by this. I don't understand this email. I don't understand the text message. I need some truth here. Eyeball to eyeball. I love to watch you older people use your cell phone. Crack me up. You're texting now. If we would have told you 20 years ago, you'd be carrying around a device, and then you would send messages to people. You would all laugh at me. Uh, and now you're a generation, just like you think of us, you know, younger people, which I'm the least tech-savvy of any, anybody around. I, don't, I really don't like tech stuff. But you all, when you go to, go to lunch today, watch how many of you guys your age are on their phones. And there's no longer face-to-face conversation. And so that then moves over into who we are as a church and say, okay, God, what, what do you really want from God, what are you saying to me? God, this is what's going on. I need to sit down and have a conversation with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know these things. I want to learn. How many of us are teachable? Oh, you know he's a good father, but will you allow this good, good father then to teach you? Something else that's interesting, and if you look at verse 4, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure. You remember when you used to search for treasures? Or if you knew that maybe somebody had a surprise for you, or if you were on a little, you know, if your spouse got you something, it's okay, here's the directions, and you'll find it here. There was like some excitement to go get. Let's go search for this stuff. How many of us have searched for truth of Scripture like we would search for silver? How we spent time saying, wow, what? I want to see this again. I want to, I want to understand this again. I, I want to seek the treasure. Or as we get up and say, oh, there's that Bible again. I probably ought to read it this morning. Well, I don't know. You know, it's... The way that you're going to find wisdom is you're going to have to search for it. And so as I think about these, these things, I was thinking about who would be a, gr- a good biblical character to look at a life that kind of was a little bit of round corners this way, that way. But then we get a chance to read about them later. And we get a chance to see where the individual started and where the individual ended. 
And as you, as you look at this individual, where they started and where they end, you get a chance to see wisdom. And you get a chance to read wisdom. And so I want to take you to an individual in Scripture. But before I mention the name, I want to say this to you. Jesus saw the individual for who they would become, not who they were. It's very important. Jesus saw the individual for who they would become, and not who they were at the moment. And most of us see people at the moment, and not what we see. What is God really going to do with that person's life? How many of you had youth group leaders? Okay, we've got to do a little bit better participation. How many of you went to church and you were in youth group? Okay. If we went back to your youth group leaders now and said, by the way, we know so-and-so, can you tell me how they were in youth group? And then I would like to tell you who they are now. Because now is what you're becoming. And they knew who you were. The individual, his name is Peter. An individual that was pretty boisterous. An individual that was pretty quick with his responses. An individual that was loud and impulsive. An individual that as you go through the Word of God, and I'll take you to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 14, so if you want to start there, Matthew chapter 14. Most of these things you probably are pretty well aware of as you think about Matthew, or you think about Peter, but I just want to give you them just as, um, this is probably what you remember. Matthew chapter 14. Uh, you pick it up, and in verse 22, immediately Jesus uh, made the disciples get in the boat and go the other side ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowds and dropped down to verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come on to the water. Come, he said. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And he came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Matthew chapter 16, you pick it up in um, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. So others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Who do you say? Yes. Who do you say? I am. Simon Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah, for this was not to reveal to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church. Most of us would have never chosen Peter to be a key part of the early church. Oh yeah, we knew Peter for the impulsiveness. We knew Peter for the, the um, you know, doubting and walking on water and getting wet and, and all of those things. And I don't know, and it's been kind of fun for me this week then just to go on and as I think about Peter, I think about those things. 
But maybe you need to be reminded of a couple other things about the life of Peter. Take your Bible and go with me to John chapter uh, 21. Start in uh, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, be my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know. I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because the Lord asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, be my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And I know that you're aware that Peter denied him three times. And, but I love this picture where Jesus is resurrected from the tomb, and he wants to restore this relationship with Peter. And so he sits down or he interacts with this with Peter three times. He asks him the question. But I bet Peter's heart, after this time had gone on, that his heart was filled with joy because he could be reconciled with his Savior. They didn't have to remember year after year, week after week, month after month, oh yeah, I'm the disciple. I'm the one that denied him. That's me. Woo-hoo, that's me. I'll, I'll be celebrated in history for being the guy that denied him. Father said, wait a second, I want to restore a relationship with you, Peter. Peter, I want to use you to help feed my sheep. And as God went on about his plan, Jesus went back to heaven. Peter was a key person that God used. So this morning, as you think about wisdom... And you think about you sitting in the seat. I want to give you another verse. It's Acts chapter 2. So go to Acts chapter 2. I want to remind you of this. Verse 14. 13 says, Some made fun of them. They've had too much wine. The Holy Spirit has showed up. And guess who's the one that stands up to talk? Who it was? Peter. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowds. And then you can go on and read about it. So this morning, I want you to know, as you think about wisdom, there's eight verbs that are beginning of Proverbs chapter 2. And I want to come to you this morning, and I don't care where you are this morning. I want you to see, yes, there's some opportunity for you to ask some questions. There's opportunities for you to open up your ears. There's an opportunity for you to grow as an individual. And that will all depend on the individual sitting in the seat, you and you alone. 
We cannot make this happen for you. But I want to take you to the book of 1 Peter. And I want you to see some things of an individual that most of us over the years only know about. Oh, yeah, he's the one that denied him. Oh, yeah, he's that loser. Yep, he's the one that walked on water. We forgot about the Pentecost thing. We forgot about the rock they were going to build this church. And I want you to see some words of 1 Peter. So take your Bible and go to 1 Peter. Start in chapter uh, 1. Peter's words. Can you imagine, as the Holy Spirit's given Peter these words, now, later on in ministry, closer to the end of his life, this is what he's going to pour out to you. This is the information that he wants to give and leave a legacy. So here you go. Verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope. Where did that hope come from? Hope came through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Look at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though know for a little while you have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. Look at verse 13 of chapter 1. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you lived in ignorance, But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Chapter 2, pick it up in verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of any kind. Like newborn babes crave pure milk, so that they may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted the Lord is good. Peter's words. Rid yourself of malice, ill will, deceit, deliberate dishonesty, hypocrisy. You pretend to love. Envy. You're resentful, discontented, slander, you're backbiting. But in a total opposite illustration of this, he brings in this baby. And uh, I don't know, but this just kind of went crazy in my mind. Have you ever seen a, a newborn baby reject food because they didn't like it? A newborn is now... There are times that the bottle might be too hot or too cold, and they're, you know, like, then they're going to fuss at you. But pretty much when you have a newborn baby, they accept or they receive whatever you give them. And they don't know at this point what's good and what's bad. They've never tasted chocolate, so all they get is whatever that you've got right there. Newborn baby, they just receive it. And you know what's so fascinating about a newborn baby? They grow up. 
I've never seen a six-month-old baby stay six months old. I've never seen a, a one-year-old stop. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to crawl for the rest of my life. This is just great down here. I like it. I just There's something inside of them that they're going to pull up on things. And then as parents, you're celebrating. Oh, yeah, my kid walked in mine, nine months. Well, mine walked in eight months and six days and 23 hours or whatever. And you want your kid to walk, and you're thinking, wow, dumb am I. I don't want my kid to walk. They can get into more stuff. So Peter takes this, this flips this concept and says, hey, guys, this is what I want you to get rid of, but this is what I want you to put on a desire to grow. Because you've tasted and you see that your God's a good father. But there's something inside of us as a sin nature. And I wish we weren't this way, and I know it's because of Adam and Eve. But there are times that we don't want to grow anymore. And there are times that God will send a circumstance, and then we become angry. And this good, good father is sending things our way so that we stop and say, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need you. I need help. What's an area where the Holy Spirit's been saying, hey, I want you to grow right now? And you keep telling them no. Where's an area that that good, good father keeps demonstrating over and over again? And because whatever it might be, whatever the, the word that I have, there's a filter. And whatever that filter is, that you just, you don't see past that filter. And I know what it's like to sit in your seat in the filter of anger, frustration, and disappointment. God, what are you doing? And I also know the freedom in saying, wait a second, you are a good, good father. Remove the filter. You wanted to deepen your relationship, my relationship with you. Move that away. And I know it's easier just to keep it there. But your father doesn't want you. He wants you to come back to him like a newborn baby. And I... I have vivid memories of, of Rachel when we started to introduce food into her, into her world. She got pretty particular. There were certain things that you put down, she was not going to eat it. And it didn't matter what you did, she wasn't going to eat it. Even though it might be good for her and it might help her grow, she made a choice. I don't like this. So I'm not going to eat it. And I never told her that. By the way, Sometime in your life it would be fun for you to learn that you don't like something and don't eat it. And then you could tell me, no, I don't want to eat that. I never taught her how to do that. Are you telling your good, good father this morning, no? Are you saying to your dad, no, I don't want to grow anymore. And I realize that when we are asked to grow, it hurts. But I want to encourage you this morning to grow.
to come to that quote-unquote that you sung about to your good, good father. Say, okay, I'm here to learn this morning. The last thing that I want you to see here is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, now don't miss this, all of you, clothe yourselves with your opinions, your preferences, your thought processes, what you think is right. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So wisdom is a question this morning. If you receive the words and listen to them and allow them to move down in your heart, and in order for that to take place, you're going to have to sit down with your Bible and the one that you sung about as your good, good father. You're going to have to humble yourself. There's going to have to be not only the bending of the knee, but the bowing of your heart. And there's times that it's easy to pray. It's easy to bow our knee, but it's, there's, most of the time it's not easy to humble your heart before Him. Sat with a group the other night. I just asked them, when was the last time you repented? When was the last time you as an individual have said, you know what, God, I'm wrong? I am living outside the authority of Scripture. I am wrong. I'm living in disobedience. You know what's interesting? Not one of them said a word. And they all looked at me like I had lost my mind. I haven't lost my mind. I'm allowing the Scripture to get more of my heart. Repentance is becoming more of a natural thing to me. And if I'm honest, I kind of get tired of saying, you know what, Holy Spirit, there it is again. I see it. Could you just give me a break? Could you go somewhere else for a little while? Somebody, so-and-so needs some help too. They need to repent too, so can you go talk to them more than you're talking to me? Because I'm a little uncomfortable. But I'm willing to work hard and become a leader. I do not want to be lazy and become a slave. What about you? Wisdom is in front of you. Will you receive it? Father, I thank you for your word. So, Father, you know, already know who's going to walk out of here unchanged. That they sat in the seat, but they didn't hear your word. And I'll leave them to you, because I can't help them. 
but I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to grow even though it hurts. And I know most of you, so I have an idea, but I'm not, not it's just an idea. I'm pretty sure most of you would say, yes, I know Jesus. And I would say, do you act like him? I know most of you would say, yeah, he is a good, good father. Then I would say, do you trust him? even in your pain. And I would say, if you're wise today, you'll accept that your breath is from Him and that you'll seek His face with earnest, with passion. You wouldn't give Him your leftovers. You wouldn't give Him the convenience. You would put in the work to know you're a good, good father. So, Father, the one that's in here that's living through the filter of pain, anger, frustration, disappointment with you, I ask the Holy Spirit you to remove that filter. And I pray that you would instill in us, Holy Spirit, hearts that would long to grow up, hearts that long to act more like our Savior than we acted yesterday. We love you, Jesus. Your name I pray. Amen.